and welcome to the very first episode of Prit Pop Banter. Uh, my name is Kevin Dodd. I'm with Leslie Martin. Leslie, how are you? I'm very well. Hello. Uh, we've got the giggles. Uh, this is the very first episode. This is so exciting. Uh, we've been talking about this a while. We are actually doing this, so I'm really happy. Before I forget, we do have some plugs. Um, we're on Twitter at uh, Britpop Banter, and uh, we're on Facebook at Britpop Banter as well. And you can email us at BritpopBanter at gmail.com. We, as we go through this, we want to hear your feedback, thoughts, give us corrections. Uh, we want you to let us know what your opinions of the sort of genre is and anything. Just uh, it comes straight to me and Les, just send it straight through. You'll get a lot of corrections. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is true. It is true. Uh, I, I probably do. But you know what? I... I own up to them. I apologise. You probably don't, and I want people to come at you for that because you think you're always right. At least I admit I'm wrong. I don't have anything to apologise for. Not yet. One minute in. All right, so I do have a disclaimer, though, and you haven't heard this, so this is the first time you've heard this, but I thought it was important to put it in there. Uh, All views uh, expressed on this podcast are 100% our own, and while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate and respect their talent and sacrifice to create these albums. That's lovely. It's nice, isn't it? Did you really write that? I did, I did. Oh. And I, I thought it was important because, you know, we'll get into it in a bit why we're here and what we're going to cover. But, um, you know what, talking about Britpop, there's going to be bands and albums that you don't necessarily like. And that's just our opinion. And uh, we're going to have a laugh about um, some of these bands and albums. Um, but we're just two plebs on a pon- podcast, really. You know, what is- I'm not a pleb. <laughs> you know, we're not music uh, journalists. Uh, um, but you know what? We're just here to have a laugh. I'll give you a perfect example of where that sort of comes in. Is uh, I had to order in some suede albums. Mm. Don't. And um, it was I think it was the head music head music album. Yeah. Okay. Let's go with that. And um, you open up the CD and it has a list of all of their tours. It's huge. It's like twenty to thirty dates, and they're playing every single night. Um, across the UK and Europe and I sort of looked at this and I went wow that's a lot of work it's a hard graft you know playing you know obviously they're promoting that album same stuff every single night you know it's got to be hard especially if it's not very good (laughs) (laughs) and that's why we come back to the disclaimer so um it is just our opinion we don't we don't mean any offense by it um so listen, we uh, are here to talk about all things uh, Britpop. Before we sort of get into that, do you want to talk a little bit about how long we've known each other and probably why we're still mates? Sure. So um, the first bit, easy enough. We met when I am, we were 10 mm. um, and we've been friends ever since. The second part, I'm really not entirely sure. Um, it's, yeah. We've known each other for a long time. And uh, we've been at different ends of uh, the world and uh, been at different circumstances and um, we've still keep in contact, probably through music is a lot of it. Yeah, huge. Um, You know, with me telling you all about these albums that I've found. That never happened. Uh, So we are, um, if you guessed that we were Scottish, well done, congratulations. Uh, We are. We are from uh, a Scottish town called Perth. Not Perth, Australia. No, mate. No, mate. But we are in Australia. We are in Sydney, Australia. 
G'day. G'day, mate. How's it going? Oh, that's worse. That's bad. I feel bad. That's that's horrible. Um, so we are we are we both live in Australia, uh, and it's gorgeous day, gorgeous day. Um, and we're sitting in Les's uh, air conditioned room, so you might hear that in the background. Um, but yeah, we're um, two Scottish uh, peeps talking about British music in Sydney, Australia, which we love. Which part? Britpop. Yes, yeah, I quite like living in Australia. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, okay. Um, we have, uh, as part of this process, we love Britpop. I don't know how you feel about it. If I say that we grew up on Britpop, do you, I know how you hate that sometimes when I sort of throw mm. that out there, but do you feel this is... Yeah, look, I think... Um, it's, fair. it's fair. I think it's fair. I don't know if I... Like, when you say grow up, because I, I had... Like, I came into Britpop probably in my early... To mid teens, mm. I'd say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I had other musical influences before that. Probably don't want to touch upon them too much, to yep. be honest. But um, oh, we're avoiding that <laughs> one. <aren't we? laughs> um, but look, certainly from teenage years up until now, it's had a huge impact on me, mm-hmm. and I know it has on you. Mm-hmm. Um, not only just at that particular time of our lives, but then my music taste and bands that it introduced me down the track. So it was the follow-on effect that it had as well. Okay. Okay. Um, same as you, I love Britpop. It's still a genre that I go back to all the time. Uh, me and you share a Spotify playlist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's like 350 songs deep. And um, it just continues to grow because yeah. we find new songs that we can slip in there. Um, same as you, mid-teens is probably when I sort of became a bit of a geek for, for Britpop. You were a bit of a geek before you were mid-teens. <laughs> Oh, I walked straight into that one. Hook, line, and sinker. I did. Uh, so, look, as what we've done is is we're getting together, obviously, to talk about Britpop. Because uh, it's so vast, we've decided to focus on one thing. Because we have gone back and listened to so much of it, we have listened to every album sort of defined as Britpop from 1990 to 2000. It's a lot of albums, it's a lot of bands um, that we'll get into. 184 uh, albums, Kev. Thanks. Spoiler! <laughs> it was a lot of work. Um, how did you find that process? So let's. So we went back, we've listened to every single album, um, and rather than do deep dives into Britpop and specific artists, which we'll talk along the way, we, for this season, and we'll call it a season, we are going to sort of list our top 50 albums of the decade, 1990 to 2000, so a lot of albums. Uh, how did you find the process? I found the process um, exciting. Okay. Um, I found it um, exhilarating in some parts. Okay. Um, because it, it reintroduced me to music that I love mm-hmm. and albums that I'd forgotten about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I, you know, I loved that. You know, you'd forget about a certain album and then you'd go, you'd listen to it again and then it would remind you either of a certain time in your life or you'd just generally forgotten it because, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much other music that's come out since then. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also really frustrating at times as well because you made me listen to some utter rubbish. Oh, it had to be fair. And I did, we, we listened to the same bands. We both went through this. I know we have different opinions and there's albums that you probably hated that I loved. Horrible. And we'll get to that. Um, You also made me do things on Excel. What? Yeah, and this is so... He made a spreadsheet. uh, And um, the spreadsheet was terrifying. 
It was probably more terrifying than a lot of the albums I had to listen to. Entering my entries in. All you had to do was enter your goddamn ratings <laughs> for the series. That is it. The rest of it I did, and for some reason it still came back an absolute mess. And trying to decipher what you actually meant. I was trying to decipher what you actually meant. It was really simple. You put numbers in boxes. Really, you're a, profe- <laughs> you're a professional. I don't know how you can't do it. Oh, the whole thing was hellish. So yeah, look, to Les's point, uh, we listed every sort of album uh, by every band in year and we sort of had a rating system, which I'll, I'll go through uh, later on. The funny thing, the, fun, the best thing about this is that Leslie doesn't actually know this no. top 50. Because I'm the chief organiser. The chief organiser? And organizer. it was my Excel spreadsheet. All the ratings come back to me. And I basically, at the end of every episode, will get to surprise Leslie with what the next album is. We and that worries me. I love it. It's it my really favorite. worries me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for your reaction when Terrorvision are number one. They're not going to be in it. <laughs> if they're in it, this stops now. <laughs> right now. All right, all right. It's not television. It's <laughs> it's, it's top loader. That ain't that. <laughs> all right, let's skip past that because we're not we're not. You'll go on a rant. Um, and my job is to to sort of rein you in when you go off on one of your tangents <laughs> and rants. Um, and I will try and stay on the fence as much as not stay on the fence, but try and be a little bit neutral because I don't want the two of us bagging out a band or an album. So I'll try and and give my opinion here and there. But it's I'll not tr- very authentic. Yeah, but you know what? There's only one of us that's really going to go off on one. It's probably going to be you. There needs to be that other side of the coin to bring it all back in. I'll take that. All right, let me ask you. We've had a few uh, drunken discussions about this, and you always never get it right. How would you define Britpop? How let me see. would I define Britpop? I think my first attempt at this was pop that is British. Brilliant. Yep. And it was. It's... Yeah, and you didn't like that. No, I didn't, surprisingly. I didn't rate highly. No, right. no. Um, so go on, take another stab at it. I, look, I, to be honest with you, I think that Britpop was uh, more in time. It was a movement as well as the music. Um, okay. I think that um, it was... Uh, you still struggle with this, don't you? You really, really do. No, because it's hard to get it into words. So look, it was definitely... It was a movement, it was a moment in time, and I think that it came out of a lot of different reasons. There were, I feel, at some points, political okay. reasons that I'd like to dig into at some point. Of course you would. Um, because they were coming out of the back end of um, Tory government, there was a lot of change with New Labour, and... There just seemed to be this sense, I don't know, the sense of optimism. Oh, and I think that music oh. reflected that. Okay. I, I don't know how to sort of... I asked you what Britpop was and you went off on a tangent That's about politics. That's what it politics. means to me. It, right. Can I tell you what um, the Oxford Dictionary says Britpop is? Mm-hmm. So their definition of uh, Britpop... Uh, Britpop pop music of the mid-1990s that was typically influenced by the Beatles and other British groups of the 1960s and perceived as a reaction against grunge, American grunge music. Now, Which is le- fair enough. Yeah, let's, let's go, let me split that into two parts for you. Uh, influenced by the Beatles and other British groups, do you think that's fair? Yes, 100% fair. Okay, any examples you want to throw out there? I would, yeah, like obviously Beatles, The Stones, um, obviously okay. it was started by The Stone Roses Wait, in 1989. Uh... Um, Where are we now on the podcast? It is 
11 minutes and the Stone Roses have slipped in there. Well, I just can't understand all the chatter around all these other bands that apparently started Britpop. Now, technically, if we're going to look at it in terms of years, they probably didn't. But that whole Madchester movement yes. with, with, with the Stone Roses and Happy Mondays yes. and bands like that, uh-huh. if, for me, that was when the genre was taking shape. Yeah. Okay. And I just think if we can't have a Brit a Britpop podcast without talking about the Stone Roses, then oh, I can't just get. I just can't. Well, oh, I'm okay with talking about it. I just don't want you banging on about the roses every episode, all right? <laughs> so I might have to cut you off at some point. This next comment is really going to tick you off. So this is from Britpopnews.com, excellent website, um, and this is taken from it. So suede. Not the Stone Roses is and that no, that's not in there. Suede is largely credited for kicking off Britpop in the spring of 1992 with the single The Drowners. In the documentary Live Forever, journalist John Savage claims that Britpop happened as a reaction. Stop shaking your head to the domination of American pop culture in the UK. Blur's Damon Albarn once said that if punk was about getting rid of hippies, he was about getting rid of grunge. Don't you can't just give me dirty looks on a podcast. That's not how this works. <laughs> Is this is this a suede thing? Is this what got to you? Yeah, because I hear this all the time. Right. And I've read articles about it and I I look, you know, I'm no music fashion <laughs> fashion <laughs> But I just I just don't believe that's the case. I mean I've read articles as well that you know, the drowners, the debut single and yeah, okay. along the same considered along with pop scene by Blur, that was the other one. Really? 100%. I, I, do, I do see a lot um, about Suede being credited for the whole thing. And I do want to talk about that because I want to talk about when their um, debut album came out and the timing of it because I think that's important. And I think they literally just picked some people to the post to get maybe that moniker. You're ticked off because the Stone Roses, what was that? 1989. So what happened in those three years? Why is it's, it's Manchester... Why is it not in Britpop? Why is it a separate thing? I don't understand. No, I don't understand. I mean, I think it does have something to do with that particular moment in time. And I don't want to hark on about it because I don't do <laughs> But I do think it's that. But if we're talking about a genre, yeah. that was when British bands were really coming into their own. Yeah, okay. Do you think it's because people know about my spreadsheet and that's why the Roses didn't make it in? No, I don't think that's the case at all. If anybody <laughs> saw your spreadsheet, they'd be turning this off by now. I'm telling you that right now. I will, once we're all said and done, I will share uh, the final ratings and mm. where the charts finished. Um, and also, as we go along, I'm going to show my notes in Excel and my beautiful Word documents here compared with the utter nonsense that Leslie is sitting in front of. Um, all right. So notes we... that, are, that took me a lot of time to uh, yeah, all right, collate. Yep, fair enough. Can we talk about grunge for a moment? If we have to. Yep, so let's just touch on it because the, the whole Britpop is apparently a reaction to what was going on in the States. Grunge was massive and to some degree actually came into our school. I remember um, Green Day's album... I hate Green Day. I'm not going to sit in a fence. No, I, I didn't expect you to when it came to... But their Basket Case album was, was huge. I got Dookie. played all the time. Dookie. Because Basket, Case, Basket Case was the song on And it, it had you. swear words. That's only that people listened to it. It was the same as Alanis Morissette. She swore, so the whole world bought it. Because when you're 14, that's cool. They say F. Oh, I can't believe it. Okay. Uh, there were other bands around. There was Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. Oh. Uh, can, what about Nirvana? 
Right, okay, look, I can't slag off Nirvana. There we go. Um, Nirvana are a great band, yeah. very talented, so mm-hmm. was Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. Nevermind by Nirvana is one of the wor- like, it's one of the best albums um, <laughs> out there. But that stands alone, and it stands head and shoulders above all of that for me. Yeah, okay, okay. Fair enough, all right. Okay, I think you've done really well there. Thank you. You threw Green Day to one side, but you sort of brought in Nirvana on the other. Um, all right, so let's talk about our love for Britpop and when it sort of became a sort of thing for us. Uh, we sort of talked about not disclosing our ages, but that was sort of around that school, teenage years for, for us. Um, my sort of, I think obviously there was the Oasis uh, Radiohead, so obviously definitely Maybes, um, Pablo Honey by Radiohead, all this sort of stuff. They kind of they drew me into it, but I, one of my fondest, I can still remember... Uh, walking into HMV uh, on our high street, and you know, the, do you remember the, the stations? And you, you, there were CDs lined up on a pole, and it had the red button, and you pushed the red button, and the CDs. Uh, yep, yep, yep. I remember okay. those. I remember the first time I heard um, Manson's sort of first single. It was a single that didn't turn up on the album. It was "Take It Easy, Chicken," and I remember just hearing that, and it just bang. That was it. I knew that because no, and it was a band that no one else had picked up on. So the group that we were in at school never knew about this band and it was just, I they clicked with me and I fell in love with Manson straight away. What was your sort of defining moment where you went, that hooked me? Um, we had listened to sort of different types of bands a lot, like, at that particular time, but for me it, had, it has to be Oasis. Like, I okay. feel like... Um, there were other bands that sort of came along. I know that you love Manson, and I remember you let me hear Manson. But I think in terms of the one where I think it really... I tried to hammer everyone. With, yeah, you with did Manson. absolutely. <laughs> but I think it was definitely um, maybe. <laughs> 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 no, it was it was. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should edit that one. All right, uh, go on, go on. No, for me it was definitely Oasis. So it okay. was, um, you know, Columbia. Live Forever, Supersonic. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. hearing those for the first time. Yeah. Um, and from and from Oasis then led me to other bands and then I just got this real interest in the music and I just loved it and I just got carried away, I guess, with that whole movement. Okay. Fair enough. Um, do, so just quickly on, do you look back at that, that style of music favourably? Do you feel that that... Do, what do you think the rest of the UK felt about Britpop? Loved it. I feel like it was, it was It was definitely a movement. I feel that it was uplifting music. It was mm. at a time when it was probably necessary. It was all about people having a go and <laughs> getting... <laughs> it was. And, and I don't know. People just, having a go. It really was. All right. um, okay. And it just was something... It was just something different. We had just come out... Um, like oh. you said, of like that grunge, and I just don't think that was ever really going to work in the. And you, it's very, so very two different different types of music. It's so different. The grunge was um, miserable. What I was trying to think of a better word, but yeah, it was, when you compare it against Britpop, which you, you used the word uplifting, it's a totally different. Um, so I, I was doing a bit of research into Britpop, and I always love. That, and I think everyone else does, but not everyone does. There's a writer um, for The Guardian called Michael Han. At Michael Han, if you want to look at some of his articles. He said, and I quote, Britpop, a cultural, cultural 
abomination that set music back. That's harsh. He's the cultural abomination. <laughs> harsh. In a way, I think, you know what, The Guardian pop up on a lot of music uh, around Britpop articles. So, um, but yeah, I just, I don't agree with that. I think it's uh, an awesome time for, for music. So we talked about when it sort of started. Uh, 93 is kind of when Britpop seems to gather the, the right attention. You obviously think it was 1989 with the Stone 100%. Roses. 100%. Uh, it sort of, when everyone sort of hangs their hat on it is when Suede went to number one with the self-titled album. Um, but the Charlatans were, uh, in 1990, they had the number one album as well. And the Stone Roses, like you said, in 1989. So the Charlottes were nineteen ninety. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've been around for ages. So why didn't they start Britpop? Answers uh, mm, on a postcard. Answers on a postcard. But I tell you what, let me tell you some of the other albums that happened in nineteen ninety three. All right, because like I said, everyone's hanging their hat on that sweet album. Let me tell you about some of the other albums. All right, you got the Auteurs. Oh, New Wave. Yep, just a deep sigh there. Because they're another band that apparently kicked off Britpop. I did see some articles about that, yeah. Not. Not, just a not. Just not. Just not. Uh, Blur, Modern Life is Rubbish. So was that album? Okay, next. Uh, one of your favourites, the Boo Radleys. I can't. You just don't, giant. I feel like every time I'm going to throw some bands you don't like, you just go, I, I can't. No. Not. Next. Another. <laughs> Divine Comedy, Liberation. Oh! Don't put your head in your hands. It's a podcast. Divine comedy. Awful. So really, so far, 1993 with those four albums has not been great. It's been terrible. Dodgy, the Dodgy album. Oh, I like Dodgy. Little Pick Me Up there. Uh, didn't chart very well. It's number 75. Oh. Uh, James, yep. Laid. Mm. Mm. I don't know. We'll talk about them a bit yeah. later on, I think, actually, James. Uh, Manic Street Preachers, Gold Against My Soul. Love the Manics. Now, here's where we get to probably the two that I go, wait a minute. Uh, Paul Weller, Wildwood. Great album. Absolutely brilliant. Number two, didn't get to number one. Why, if that's in the same year as Suede, why is that not mentioned as kicking off Britpop? Because that is a phenomenal album. I think it's because of... Paul, look, Paul Weller's a great album, but it's quite... In terms of music, it's quite safe. It's not necessarily um, genre defining. Okay. Okay. Suede yeah. was a Suede was a new sound. Okay. I think, as well as the Auteurs was a new sound, um, and okay. then you know you got Suede and there. Comedy, obviously, they yeah. were terrible, but um, it was that type of music. They were a band as well, so you know Powell is a solo <laughs> artist. He'd already been around before because remember he's been in the Style Council and the Jam, so that he's not new good to point. the music scene. That's a very good point. All right, following on from that though, you got Radiohead and Pablo Honey. Mm. Now that had Creep on it, which was was massive. That's not even in the discussion. Again, that's again different type of genre. Again, that's probably could even be a bit more punky. To a degree. That album, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, so then you've got Suede, Suede at number one. One of my favourites and, and yours too is Terror Vision. It's not from it's Rubbish. That's not Britpop. Actually, to be fair, the charts didn't like it either, number 75. Oh, good. The next one is is probably when people get a little bit like, what? Because Texas, Rick's Road. I haven't even heard of that Texas album. Not a lot of people did, to be honest. Mind you, it got to number 18. Now, 
when we go through the list of albums, we'll maybe take a minute to talk about Texas because a lot of people probably went, well, wait a minute, why are they in any Britpop discussion? And we've sort of argued a bit about it, but we'll cover that off in a bit. The last one is is The Verve, A Storm in Heaven. Mm-hmm. Good album. So 1993 is actually a pretty good year for music. Um, I wonder why The Verve isn't classed with starting in Britpop. Well, I don't know. It's always... it's a similar sound. That album is a similar sound. It's always swayed. Um, so this is a good point to remind everyone... Uh, that was 1993's sort of albums out of the list of bands that we have reviewed or considered Britpop. What do you think? Did Suede actually start Britpop? Is Les right? And it's the Stone Roses, 1989. Thank you. Or is it something else? Is everyone barking up the wrong tree and we've missed a major album? Maybe in 1992 they kicked it off. Um, but anyway, um, good year. 1993 sort of kicked it off. Definitely maybe came in 94. Mm. And that 94, 95, 96, you would probably say is the peak. Yeah. And then as the decade went on, it really started to fall by the wayside. Uh, and then you got a lot of the boy, girl bands and a lot of that really cheesy dance music. Not the good stuff, the really bad stuff. Yeah. Um, peaked in 19... I definitely think it peaked in 1995 with the whole Blur, Oasis, Country House versus Roll With It. Um... That was like front page news on, on papers, for goodness sake. Yep. What's your thoughts on those two songs? Uh, both not very good. Um, <laughs> both bands released their worst songs on their album to mm-hmm. combat each other, which I'm not entirely sure about. Okay. Um, obviously, I bought Roll With It and not Country House. What one did you buy? I'm pretty sure it was Roll With It too. Yeah. Because I think, I think even though Roll With It, and I'll need to do my research here, even though Roll With It wasn't a great song, I think the B-sides were actually pretty good. Oh, the Oasis B-sides are amazing. Um, let me ask you this. Desert Island, you're stuck on there, you only have one track, it's definitely Roll With It? 100%. I have to agree with you. I think uh, Country House would just drive you bonkers after two listens. It drove me bonkers after one listen. Uh, let me tell you, they were still arguing this on Reddit in 2014. I found uh, a Reddit article where they were arguing Blur versus Oasis and all this sort of stuff. One person actually said that they didn't have enough money, so they ran into Woolworths and stole both on cassette. Classy guy. Classy guy. That shows you our age, cassettes. Uh, and Damon Alburn must have been reading the boards. I don't know what he was doing, but he basically commented and went, uh, I'll, I'll settle this. They were both shit. Okay, so... Even he admitted. Yeah, because you know, they were. Uh, let me tell you, something awesome is happening in the world of report. Okay, so uh, two, two things I want to take you through, and I'm really excited to tell you. So there is a, a revival going through now in the UK with, with Britpop. Two things. Uh, the, what, the first is... The, this festival that I found called Cool Britannia. And let me tell you the lineup for the year that just passed. Okay. Right? So it just, uh, just uh, finished a couple of months ago. So this is the lineup of 2018, the Cool Britannia Festival. Uh, you've got Happy Mondays, yep. o- uh, Ocean Colour Scene, Razor Light, yep. Feeder, Embrace, The Lightning yep. Seeds, Dodgy, Top Loader, Space, Cast. What's Top Loader doing there? <laughs> that's out of that list that's the only one you can sort of why are they there I like Top I don't know why I want to refund them a ticket oh wait I like Top Loader I know you don't they've got one good song Achilles Heel 
that's a great song. I actually like the album behind that. I actually think um, I take it you're not a fan of Dancing in the Moonlight. Horrible song. Have you heard it on Australian television? All the time. It is. That is a song we will hear until we die. And that really upsets me. Because we're going to talk throughout this podcast about some beautiful songs Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and amazing songs. Mm -hmm. And if that even registers in the same breath as some of these other songs, (laughs) then I'm sorry. Let's just move on. Achilles Heel, we both agree on. Love it. Tremendous song. Um, So... uh, Go to that website, coolbritanniafest.com. Uh, just sign up. I mean, if we were there, we would go. We'd have a great time. 100%. Regardless, right? Let me tell you the other great thing that's uh, happened. One in five Britpop bands that we looked at, so that's 19% for... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd like that. Uh, so one in five Britpop bands released an album in the last year to a year and a half. That's a lot, right? That is a lot. Let me very quickly take you through some of them. Are any of them any good? Actually, yes. It's really, really... Actually, there's one that I was really disappointed in, and I'll tell you what it is in a second, okay. and it, it hurts. Uh, so, Ash are still going strong. They're on the seventh album. Uh, they went to number 18. Yep. Uh, Reef have uh, got another album out. It's called Revelation. Uh, that's their fifth. They went to number 26. Uh, Paul Draper of Manson yep. released his first solo album, Spooky Action, number 19. <sighs> Don't know why it took us so long to kind of get that, but it's out and it's great. Uh, the Manic Street Preachers, uh, still going. 13th album, number two, Resistance is Futile. Shed 7 released another one. It's their fifth. Went to number eight. Embrace. Oh, wow. They have a new album. Uh, I haven't listened to that yet. I it, love Embrace. Oh, I tell you what, it's probably one that stood out the most because it is gorgeous. Um, the Charlatans have another album. They're still that's their thirteenth. The Charlatans, Different right. Days, number four. Cast brought out a new album, Kicking Up the Dust. Uh, didn't chart very well, number forty-nine. Uh, Suede are brought out a new album. It's called The Blue Hour. And just in my comments, I've wrote at times gorgeous, others confusing. Um, it's the production of this it must have cost them a fortune it is gorgeous absolutely gorgeous this is the one that, that when we got into this I sort of went mm. Echo Belly released a new album oh, and you know how I feel about sad, I am sad. I am sad it's called um, Anarchy and Alchemy it's a sixth album I don't think it charted it's okay it's probably in the in the albums that I listened I just didn't Compared to those, and I'm so, it hurts. You can tell I'm hurt. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right? Probably going to cry in a bit. Um, James released their fifteenth album, "Living in, in Extraordinary Album," uh, "Living in Extraordinary Times," uh, number six. Dust Is it up. an extraordinary album? It's good. It's actually, and again, hold me because James is actually their stuff's really good. Okay, so they are one of the ones that surprised me, and we'll get to what surprised you. Uh, Dubstar released a new album called One I don't know where it placed in the charts But It's probably the one I've listened to the most Oh my Dubstar I Seriously It is So good uh, so It does not surprise me I'm just going to say it was a nice album Alright we'll leave it as that um, the, Another one I really enjoyed Which is going to make you laugh Is Black Grape Love album. Black Grape <laughs> I don't know how, and I didn't see it coming. I don't know how you've had black grape. Like, I don't. I, I don't. I didn't see you liking them through this process. 
And I remember before we did it, that was one of the bands that you just went, oh, <laughs> Kev, I don't want to listen to it. Please don't make me listen. And you've actually, you actually like, but they've got a new album called Pop Voodoo. Yeah, because I forgot. I think I'd forgotten about... Some of the songs? Yeah, and about Black Grape in general, because I think they came in my, from memory, towards the end of that Britpop time. Mm. Towards, um, towards the end, yeah, yeah. towards the end. And I don't know if I... I own the album. I remember that. Did you? I own the album because I bought it. I used to buy everything, but um, but I just never remember it sticking in my head as something I've loved. And so I haven't listened to it, I guess, for a while. Mm. But then listening to it again, oh, I loved it. Okay. Uh, I really liked Pop Voodoo. You need to listen to it. I will. The, they're just so fun and catchy. The first song on that album, he rips American politics and Trump. To shreds. It's, it's just so much fun. Um, so let me ask you, like, we talked about the, the Britannia Festival. Mm-hmm. We've talked about, you know, one in five bands releasing a new album. The chart positions are these. I mean, I've got 18, 26, 19, 2, 8, 5, 5, 49, 5. Uh, Echabellis, don't know where that was charted. Number 6 uh, and number 15. So the majority of them actually go into the top 20. So you've got this festival, you've got this revival of, of these bands, plus you've got some really good albums charting really high. Why do you think this is, a, this is a thing again? I think it's because potentially the people who are buying those albums are probably people of our age group okay. looking for something else to listen to okay. as opposed to what's out at the moment okay. because the reality is it's not great. Okay. Um, okay. So the state of music today. The state of music today, yes. Okay. Yep. But probably not if you're 16. No. Um, but no. if you're, you know, if you've grown up with this type of music and these types of bands, mm-hmm. and then you turn the TV on and there's Justin Bieber, you're not going to be too happy, right? So <laughs> you're going to be looking for something else. And you know what it's like if a band that you really love releases another album, you want to go, you want to go to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if we Hark back to my earlier point in terms of the political aspect. Oh, here we go. Then, um, you know, at that particular time when Britpop was happening, like I said, we were coming out of... There was a mild recession on in the early 90s. Okay. There were, were coming out of um, Tory rule, student loans had just been brought in. It was probably a bit downbeat. Then you had new Labour coming. Everybody was a bit more optimistic. Mm. Um, if you think about that now... The UK is going through Brexit. It's uncertain times again. You know, maybe that's had something to do with the fact that the bands... So a bit of nostalgia? A, a bit, bit of, of nostalgia. Okay. A lot of these bands are probably skint, though. So <laughs> they're probably not... <laughs> not a top loader with Dancing in the Moonlight. They're they're, sk- no, they're, they're not. They're, they're, no, they're, they're raking it yeah. in from Australian royalties. Um, I... Uh, the whole politics that's your bag that's not yeah. mine and if you want to talk about that a little bit more that's all you that's your homework not mine I do agree with you about the state of music today I there's a lot of music out there I just don't understand I don't get it um, I have two main loves one is obviously Britpop the second one is that kind of dance electronica yeah. and for me 2018 has been a great year because not only have I got to see some of the bands I used to love bring out new music that's good um, my dance bands have actually released some good music too I mean we had the Orbital and the Prodigy just drop new albums mm. as well and they're phenomenal albums yep. so I'm actually really happy with the state of music in my little bubble for this year okay you happy did you think 2018 was a good year you yeah, know I do um, 
there has been a lot of good albums released. Okay. Um, there has been a lot of nonsense as well, I suppose. A lot of it's but, been taken up with this process as well. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Um, so let's talk about... I've got a question for you that you're probably not expecting. Um, what do you think makes the perfect Britpop album? Ooh. You've listened to a yep. lot. 164? 184, Kev. 184? Where's your Excel now? Oh, Christ. It's in here. I've not got to that page yet. But yeah, just it's a lot of albums. What do you think is the perfect album... You know, how many tracks, first of all? Did mm. anything stand out there to you in terms of what was the perfect length of an album? There were always about 11 or 12 tracks, from memory. Yep, agree. Um, probably anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour. Yep. Um, Let's touch on the tracks for a second. You brought up a good point, right? I So I, I'm the same as you. I think 12 tracks, perfect, right? You yep. get in, you get out, you get your journey of an album. Um, I remember... Uh, see, and most of them were around that 12, 13 mark, right? But then I remember when Salt Sog came out by Oasis and it had 10 tracks on it, right? And I remember I remember picking up the CD and going, 10 tracks? <laughs> not paying for that. <laughs> <laughs> Does not surprise me. <laughs> I remember feeling really gypped by the fact that mm. there was only 10 tracks. I think um, they weren't the first band to do it. I think the Lightning Seeds had, had sort of toyed with that 10 songs and that always seemed to be the perfect length for them. But to me, when I saw that, I was like, wait a minute, this album is going to cost me more than a pound a song? How does that happen? You're so tight. <laughs> hey, we were on pocket money You're back so then. You're so tight. You uh, still like that? You still like that, everyone? Oh, um, so, I, same as you, I love an intro track that grabs my attention. Perfect one is you know, first track off Attack of the Grey Lantern by Manson. Just the, the streaking violins, that's perfect. Have a couple of big hits, have a, a couple of, of quiet numbers. And then for me, you have to end it with that massive hurrah of a song. Oh, what's a hurrah? What do you mean, what's a hurrah? A hurrah, don't, you know what a hurrah is. But I don't, I don't want you to say it again. I don't, I don't, oh. I, you can't, I can't have you saying that on a podcast. I'm going to have to think of other words then. Yeah. Look, so that word, so like a champagne supernova, yep. would fall into that. You have to have your big heavy number to take you out of the album. So that 12 tracks, good introduction that gets you off and rolling, big tracks in the middle and that final, I can't say it anymore. No, you can't because <sighs> you're not 75. Maybe I'm going to get you to say that. I'm not going to say that. Um, you brought a good point actually because we were talking about this um, before the podcast kicked off. You were even saying, you know, who listens to albums these days? Yeah, it's true. What, I, so, for everyone else, what do you mean by that? So, I don't think people necessarily listen to albums anymore. So, you've got Spotify, all these streaming things, YouTube. People listen to songs, right? So, they they like a song, they go and listen to that. They don't they don't really go out and buy albums anymore for a start. Yeah. So, do they listen to albums when on Spotify and things? I don't think so. People make playlists on Spotify. Yeah, that's true. You get recommended, um, don't you? Your you daily hits. Yeah. You get your Discover Weekly. You get all of these that's things right, just yeah. on Spotify. But then people subscribe to YouTube. People watch music videos now that's more true. probably than they ever did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just don't think people actually go, oh, I'm going to sit and listen to a full album from beginning to end. I must be old. I mean, I, I do. I love listening oh, to an I album do. all the way through 100%. and seeing if it keeps my attention Absolutely. all the way, way through. Um, I think that's a sad day 
for, for artists if you make this album and I think it must be if no you're an artist and you put your heart and soul into an album because you've probably put the tracks in exactly the order that you want oh, them in yeah good point you probably think it's a you know it probably has a story to you there's probably a meaning behind the full album yeah and, then, and people don't really get that whole I guess that artistic quality of the album because they just like one song and then they listen to it on Spotify and repeat yeah that's a good point yeah really good point um all right, so let's get into the to the the ratings in my favorite Excel sheet that we <laughs> talked about earlier. So we um, I we've done some ratings um, and we've sort of created this this top list. There are three main cri- criteria. Really quickly, uh, what did it mean to me and Les when we were younger? So how much was how much did we love that album when we were younger? What does it mean to us now? So on a re-listen, does it still have the same same quality? And to add a little bit of a, you know, credit check, like to quality check it, I guess I would say, um, we've I have looked at different reviews on things like uh, Enemy, Melody Maker, uh, Amazon, Rate Your Music, like a whole bunch of sort of websites to get like an average, mm-hmm. and then that gets filtered in as well. So uh, if I rate Terrorvision top of everything, your rating. Plus the, the sort of review of that album, if it's not great, sort of brings me back under control. Terrorvision will not be in the top 50. How do you know? It you be, don't it know. It not be. This ends now. <laughs> All right, so that's the sort of... We did look at chart position, which I think we should talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a sort of scoring uh, system, depending on how the album charted um, at the time, and I sort of gave some points around that. Because Britpop had... You know, it peaked and then it sort of drifted off. There's a lot of albums that sort of fall either side of when it peaked, mm. and they're good albums. And they sort of, you know, because of what else was in the charts, I don't think we could sort of give them a fair go by giving them chart position scoring. So we've took that out. Yeah. Do you know that's fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, okay, so how many albums did we review again? 184, Kev. Well done. Excellent. Reading it from my notes. I'm well, not, I said it already. So the top 50 uh, albums. Again, another number is 27% of that list. All right. So how many bands did we review? 64. 63. Three? We culled one, remember? Who did we cull again? Our boy Finlay. Finlay Quaid didn't make it. No, it's because he's not Britpop. So we'll get in. Uh, I'll do a quick run through who's in and who's not, and we'll get to to who's not. Uh, Before we get into that, so you listen to every album, you listen to all these bands. Who actually surprised you? Um, Gene surprised me. Yeah, good call. Gene surprised me as well. I don't know why they weren't on our radar no. when we were younger. I but mean, I knew of them, but I didn't. I forgot how good Olympian is as an album. Great album, yeah. Good, um, good call. That definitely surprised me. James did to a point because yeah, okay. I thought I didn't like James. Yeah. Um, and look, there are still some songs I don't like. Okay. I can't stand, sit down, and never will. Um, and it's that a, album it's a big wasn't, song, wasn't it? No, it's horrible. And then. But a couple of the later albums I've really, I really enjoyed. Good, me too. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind Suede as much as I thought I would, okay, which yeah. pains me to say. Okay. Um, You've I've, put exactly the same bands as me. Have I really? <laughs> uh, apart from two, which you hate, right? So same as you, uh, the Gene, uh, James, Suede. All bands that necessarily didn't really gravitate to when I was younger, but I found through this process I, I liked. The two other ones? I'd like to think. Divine Comedy? Oh, 
Kev. Okay, we'll get to we'll come to one liner. I want to I want to throw some bands at you and yep. see your response. But that head and hands again doesn't translate to a podcast. Divine, Co- I have a strange obsession with divine comedy. I love the Casanova. What do you love about it? I don't know. I just it's and as we go through this process, I like kind of different, unique sounding albums. Like they stand out a bit more to me, and I just love that album. I just it's weird. I just had this oh. weird. I've, I've love that better not be in the top fifty, Kev. Maybe. Uh, Boo Radley's Now we've already had a, a pop at them But I think Me and you We got put off by the whole Wake up Song Wake oh. up It's a beautiful morning <laughs> Horrible uh, Some of the other Songs no. Stroke albums Aren't as bad That one I have to No and I'll listen to them Again And I just No What the lightning seeds Actually yeah Love the lightning seeds Another one on my list Jollification album actually I'd forgot I'd liked it at the time And I owned it at the time But then I hadn't Listened to it for ages And I forgot It's, it's actually a really fun Uplifting album Really same, easy to listen to Same as you Completely agree Alright I'm going to uh, Read you now Very very quickly The list of Bands or artists That we consider um, Part of Britpop Between 1990 to 2000 If we have missed any Please let us know Uh We'll tell you why they're not on there There are some bands And I'll go to them in a second Which we've took out um, So let me read them quickly to you We've got Ash, Audio Web, Auteurs Bernard Butler, Black Grape, Blue Tones Blur, Boo Radley's, Cass, Catatonia Corner Shop, Divine Comedy, Dodgy, Dubstar Echabilly, Elastica, Electricity Embrace, Garbage, Gene, Gomez Happy Mondays, Head Swim Hurricane Number no. 1, Ian Brown, James JJ72 Cooler Shaker, Long Pegs, Manic Street Preachers Manson, McCalman and Butler Menswear Oasis, Ocean Coliseum Paul Weller, Placebo, Portishead, Primal Scream, Pulp, Radiohead, Reef, Seahorses, Shed 7, Skunk and Ancy, Sleeper, Space, Spiritualized, Stereo MC, Stereophonic, Stone Roses, Suede, Superfury Animals, Supergrass, Supernaturals, Terrorvision, Texas, The Charlatans, The Verve, Top Loader, Travis, and Ultrasound. Wow. Oh. What a great list of bands. It's a great list. Uh, probably the one that stands out for me and you, Texas. Do you want to talk about Texas for a second? Yeah, look, I think, look, in terms of Texas, and we argued this, we I mean, it, that White on Blonde album. It's a great album. It's a great I, album, I have to and say, it came out of that time. Oh, it's a good album. Is it Britpop? I think we can have that discussion. I think this is what, you know, we're not um, the music critics or the music experts. No. We're taking what we feel at that particular time was to us what Britpop is, and I know we'll get slated for um, Texas. Yeah. I, um, but I think it's about what meant something to us. And there's probably bands in there as well that other people may argue as well. Why we may have even, Yeah, we may have even yeah. missed bands. Oh, yeah, so definitely. if we've missed bands that people feel like we've not um, mentioned or that we've completely forgotten about because, you know, we're not, um, maybe not remembered everybody, then do contact us and, you know, email us or, or our Facebook and let us know. Yeah, good point. I mean, we probably won't listen to them, but thanks <laughs> Don't be cruel. All right. um, Texas, to be fair, I remember when we were talking about it for this farce, Texas weren't on the original list. And you threw Texas at me and I went, absolutely not. And I held strong and you made me listen to White on Blonde and I actually really liked it. And I sort of went, uh, uh, and I didn't want to argue with you, to be honest. <laughs> He's and, I learning. Just, and I just went, all right, you can have it. Um, that album stands out. It absolutely stands yeah. out in their um, sort of track record. 
Um, so I think that album sort of deserves to be in there. You made me listen to all of them, though, and, and there was a lot of them. But okay, who is not in there and why? All right, so there's bands there that's missing. So I'll tell you who we, who we uh, left out. Coldplay, they're post-2000. Kasabian, same. Arctic Monkeys, The Kooks. This is probably the one that people are going to go, what? And, and to be honest, I'd really like people's opinions on this. David Gray is not in that list. He's not Britpop, Kev. You have held strong on this one He's since day one. To be fair, if Texas is in there, people can argue David Gray should. But I tweeted David Gray and I asked him, he never responded, so you're out. Like, but that means he's, he doesn't think he's Britpop. Right? I guess so. Maybe he just doesn't... No, forget it. So he's out. I mean, this will shock a lot of people. Probably, and uh, We should have picked it up and when we were reading through the list of bands. Why is Babylon Zoo not on that list? They're not Britpop. Spaceman! That's not... I mean, what? I bought Animal Army on CD. Not Spaceman, Animal Army. I bought Spaceman the single, loved it. So you had Spaceman, loved I had it. Animal Army, and they're not on our list. No, because they're not Britpop. That was a hideous album. It's not great. It is on my saved Spotify list. No! <laughs> um, all right, keeping on. The Killers, they're American in post-2000. Keen, post-2000. Athlete, Star Sailor, uh, and Viva Brother, way too late. Echo and the Bunnymen do fall into this mm. decade. Leslie's reaction says it all. No, they're not. They're not no, they're not Britpop. They're terrible. They're not Britpop. They're just terrible. Out. Both. Name me a good Echo and the Bunnymen song. Oh, they have that one song. Go on then. Oh, no. See? Okay. Wow. Uh, Razorlight, uh, post-2000. Mm. Finlay Quay was in there. You made me take him out. Love that. Love his album. Love his album. But? No, it's not Britpop. Okay. See, this is what I'm dealing with, people. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you just let her have her way. Uh, so we listened to every single album by those bands in that decade, apart from one, right? And you're probably lucky it wasn't in there. It was Boo Radley's Everything's Alright Forever. Oh. I don't know what's it. The Boo Radley's, I just couldn't find their stuff anywhere and I had to Good. buy it. I had to buy it. Spend my own, wait, I had to spend our own cash because you owe me money for it oh. um, to get the Boo Radley's. That album. You're not going to be seeing that anytime soon, I tell you. <laughs> So listen, while we're on these bands, can I chuck some bands at you and you have to give me a sort of one-liner against them? Sure. All let's right. Let's go. Let's go. Um, a band that probably not a lot of people know about, I would say, um, but pro- big to us, Electricity. Oh, Electricity. Um, terrible album. Had one amazing song mm. that we loved. We loved. We sang it all the time. All the time. Yep. Um, it was probably one of those anthems for us um, growing up. But the rest of the album, like, no. It's and a- I, don't think, I don't think they've done anything since then, have they? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. But amazing song. The album, I try and go back to it every sort of year because of the, 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 the great song. And I just can't, I can't get my head around it what's going on with the rest of the album right okay so great song rest of the album not worth it alright I can't wait to throw this Catatonia oh Catatonia um the only person that knows why anybody would buy that album would be Mulder and Scully <laughs> it would be an X-File <laughs> it's an X-File that's really good well done <laughs> Uh, we've talked about this a bit, but give me your one-liner on television. Absolute garbage. 
Is that it? That's it. The end. Nothing good. There's nothing. I can't think of a t- name. What about the oh, tequila? What's that song? <laughs> Awful. No. What about the regular Urban Survivors album? No one's heard of that. Well, they have. It's a real album. Nobody's heard of it. Answers on a postcard. Can't wait till you see what number forty-five is. That better not be. <laughs> Uh, divine comedy. I want to put all of their albums in the woodshed. <laughs> There's nothing else in the woodshed apart from this album now, which mm. I will set fire to and run away. That's harsh. Yep, that's harsh. Uh, last one, another one, top loader. You, and you're stretching if they're Britpop. You reckon? Stretching. I mean, to me, it's just pop. The only thing they've got <laughs> Britpop about them is the fact that they're from Britain. <laughs> right, let's not... Let's, can I, you're just going to go off on a rant about yeah, Top Loader for end half it. an hour. And I don't know out of all those... Why you gave me those bands is beyond me. Because I wanted to get you riled up and you're yeah. angry. You are I'm, angry. I'm angry. Red. All right. Um, so let me tell you what we're going to do. Um, at the end of every single episode, I'm going to tell Leslie what the next album is. Uh, we will cover off we will each have homework to do uh, we'll give you a bit of background of the album how it was made uh, the members where it came from what was the album after it where it sort of sat so chart wise how did it go uh, what was the industry like at that time uh, we were surprised disappointed look at reviews as well so what was some of the what, what were some of the big ones saying about the album mm. Uh, we'll go through the album uh, and we'll play you, can't play you much, but we'll play you a little bit from the albums. Um, and we want to promote the album because if it made a top 50, obviously we like something about Absolutely. it. So we'll share with you if the band is still going, uh, if they've got any new albums or tours coming up. So that's what we'll sort of cover. Um, running out of time, I just want to really quickly run through a list of the number one albums of the decade. Right? You don't look at me like that. Just tell me, just give me a one-liner against some of them and then we can hop on home, okay? Yep. Ready? Yep. Just tell me if they're deserving or not. Yep. Or give me your one-liner. Oh, this is going to make you so angry. Ash, 1977. That's, no. That shouldn't be number one album. Why was that number one? Just because of Girl From Mars? Probably. And it had, uh, I think, Goldfinger on it as well. It had some hits on it. It was a good album. What's Goldfinger? What does that go again? I'm not singing it. Sing it. Don't worry, you'll hear it soon. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, Black Grapes, great when you're straight. Oh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) This is so much fun. Blue Tones, Expecting to Fly. Oh, beautiful album. It is a good album, yeah, well done. Beautiful. Uh, There's four here, if you can give me a sort of one-liner for all of them. Uh, Blur, four albums, 13 Blur, Park Life, The Great Escape. So four number one albums. What's your thoughts? Oh, look, I feel it with Blur, it's... Some of those albums are... I think they ended up just getting to number one just because of who they were. Because mm. they're not actually that great albums, really. To be it, honest. I, I'm looking forward to talking about Blar, and I I do agree. But I, I'm not... Yeah. Because some of the albums on the... Some of the songs on the album are very weird. Yeah. And they're totally different from the big hits they heard. So, yeah, I... Okay, moving on. Catatonia! No. Two! Two number one albums, Equally Cursed and Blessed, and International Velvet. Two number one albums. Two. Who bought them? <laughs> what do you think of International Velvet? No, what's... Is that the album with Mulder and Scully in it? And Road, Road Rage. Road Rage as well. What album came first? Equally Cursed and Blessed. 
No, the, the International Velvet was really poppy, really. I remember that was big. I don't remember too much about that no. one. So that's, you didn't give me anything, you just shrugged. And I can't. It's probably best. I think I, I think I made my feelings clear about Catatone yeah. earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elastica, the Elastica album. Oh, I love that album. Got to number one. That's, I'm really happy about that because that gives me faith in the music buying public. Embrace the goodwill out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you love this album. Absolutely love this album. And if this is not, in the, if it's not at least in the top five... You are stop threatening me, all right? I s- well, I know you can't argue with the Excel spreadsheets. We I can and I will argue. <laughs> uh, garbage version two. So interesting. Not the first album. Yeah, look, I think. Mm, do you know why? I think, for example, if you take someone like Garbage, first album gets released. Not many people know who they they were. Yeah, okay. And they loved that album because that album's great. Mm-hmm. And then because when a band then released their second album. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody's familiar with them, so then they go out and buy that. So usually that album's more successful. Okay, it's a good point. Good point. All right, let's see what the rest does. Kula uh, Shaker, Kula Shaker, with K. Govinda is one of the most annoying songs I've ever heard in my life. What? It really is. I know there are other good songs in the album, <laughs> but I can't get past it. Hollow Man, what a hurrah! No, I've told you before about Hara. <laughs> Hollow Man is a good song. It's a great song. Givinda, Amazing oh, song. Do you like Govinda? Be honest. I like the album, so I must like Govinda. I like the, I, seriously, I like the album. Uh, Manic Street Preachers, This Is My Truth, Tell Me Yours. I think this, love that album, but I think it's the same applies because... Yeah, why is Everything Must Go not That's there? what I was going to say. But do you know why? Because Everything Must Go was their big, big album. It was huge. Everybody bought it, yeah, so then enough. they wanted to follow up. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, Manson, Attack of the Grey Lantern, that proves you wrong. That was a debut album. I know, I don't understand how that got to number one. Because I bought all, all the singles. Yeah, you did, absolutely. No, I love that album, but that's a surprise. Do you know, Wide Open Space was a huge hit. Maybe it was that. It was massive. And hopefully we get to talk, because maybe we'll look at the charts at that time and see what it nudged off and what yeah. the charts were like. But yeah, debut album straight in at number one. Uh, Oasis, just wrap these up. Be here now. Definitely maybe Sot Sog and What's the Story. All number one albums. <laughs> Don't get emotional. They're just they're, they're just outstanding. And they all deserve to be number one. Mm, yeah. oh. Sandra on the shoulders of giants. Probably. They were always going to be number one because it, it's Oasis. Is it Little James? Is that the Terrible yeah. song. <laughs> Liam, I love you, but that's a terrible song. <laughs> Ocean Colour Scene marching already, so not Mosley Shoals. Same applies, Mosley Shoals. Good Scholes. point. Yeah, your point's right. Now, Paul Weller only had one album at number one. What was it? Stanley Rowe. Well done. Well done to you. Great album. Great album. Great album. Pulp had two. They had Different Class and This Is Hardcore. Again, probably the same thing. Different Class was huge. And then people will be waiting for yeah. um, This Is Hardcore. And look, Different Class, I mean, they had those singles. Common People, Disco 2000, they were huge. Massive, massive. Um, and This Is Hardcore was a totally different album. Way... I, d- I don't like it. You don't like it? Not really. Um, no, uh... People talk about Pulp kicking off Britpop as well. I'd like to do a little bit of digging into that. Really? Yeah, people say it was them. Does that mean we have to listen to the His and Hers album again? Oh, no. Nope, okay. One of my... Oh, no, but just for Radiohead, only two, Kid A and OK Computer. The Benz didn't get to number one? Benz, not number one. Mm, Which was an amazing album. Yeah, you're right, because Pablo Honey went to number 22. 
can't remember what band's got to. I'm surprised it didn't make number one. Uh, next one, one of my favourite albums, Reef Glow. That's one of your favourite albums? Oh, yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. I don't know why you're doing a music podcast. That's harsh. That's not fair. Awful. Yeah, whatever. Texas. Uh, <laughs> Stereophonics. More people bought white on blonde than Reef Glow. I put money Ooh. on it. That's way down the track when we get to either of those two albums. All right, so we... Uh, stereophonics, performance and cocktails. Same applies. Word gets word around. Word gets around, yeah. And that word get gets around a better album. Agreed. Uh, Suede had three. They had coming up head music and their debut Suede. The debut... Did Suede get to number one? The yeah. debut album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No opinion on that one? No, that... Look, I think... Not... I feel like they all... You said that they were a band that you felt a little bit differently about through this process. Oh, no, no I do. I, I mean, all of their albums getting to number one they doesn't surprise massive, though. They were huge. huge. Still are. Yeah. Um, I, same, I feel the same about you as, as probably Suede. The, the great thing I'll say about Suede is we got Bernard Butler out of them. So, and then we got McCalman and Butler as well. So. Yes, I do feel better. Great oh, song. Great song. Uh, Supergrass, uh, only one album... I should Coco. Is that the one with All Right on it? It is. Which was That's which why. was massive, but then That was huge. That I, was the number one single for a while as well. Yeah, true. I prefer In It for the Money. I think that's a brilliant album. Texas had two, the Hush and White on Blonde. Hush got to number one because of White on Blonde for sure, because oh, the Hush is not Texas a good got album. To, so Texas and Reef Glow got to number one. Mm. We'll have to <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Charlatans have three Some friendly telling stories In the Charlat- Charlatans They were massive Yeah Can't Telling stories album was huge Massive The Verve uh, Urban Hymns Oh Massive Travis The Man Who Number yeah. one Don't think you can argue with that And my favourite The Boo Radleys With the Wake Up album No that's just because of Wake Up Boo Number one Made it to People bought it Just because of that song And who bought that song Alright We're done Do you want to know what the first album is in our top 50. Oh, yeah, I'm dying to know. I'm so excited. But in saying that, though, it's a bit of a weird album for me because you by far like this album way more yes. than I do. Right? So you are... Uh, we'll go through the ratings in that episode and why you like it more. It is, at number 50, Screamadelica by Primal Scream. Oh, amazing. What an album. What an album. I cannot wait to talk about this. Why it's only number 50, though, is what I want to talk about. And we'll get into that probably because I dragged this rating right down. You must have given it. So we'll talk about that. We'll cover spot. that off in the next. The first episode that we'll cover um, will be Screaming Delicate. I'm excited thing. by that. You have a job to do. You need to sell me on this album. Easy. What did I miss? Because you like this album a heap more than I do. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, to talking about that with you. So um, that was episode one in the bag. Awesome. Episode 2 lined up I can't uh, wait. with Primal Scream. Uh, we want to get your feedback, thoughts, opinions. Uh, what did Britpop sort of mean to you? What were some of the albums that I talked about? Just send us anything at Britpop Banter uh, uh, on Twitter and then on Facebook, Britpop Banter. Or just email us, BritpopBanter at gmail.com. It comes straight to me and Leslie's. Questions, feedback, memories. What do you think? What do you think of the state of music today compared to Britpop? Uh, why do you think it's going through this revival? Just send us everything you, you want to send through. Uh, anything else you want to add? Um, I'm really excited by this. Um, We're going to talk about some amazing bands, some amazing albums. Um, hopefully not any bad bands and albums. 
Um, well, that's the point of this, right? Is for there are, I know what's coming up, yeah. And there are some bands, and this is the we're kicking off one that you like more than me, yeah. And I'm excited by that because for me, Primal Scream, um, Scream of Delica is just one of my favourite albums. Okay. okay, and it'll be. I think it's going to be a very interesting conversation by the time it ends, when you uh, skip on out of here and put that CD on your car. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for it. That was a lot of fun. Thank yeah, it was you. Awesome. Didn't argue too much on the first episode. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week for Prime Screen. All right, see ya. Bye. You are my